Today I've got bodybuilder Mike O'Hearn on the show. Mike has been on over 500 fitness magazine covers and almost 200 romance novel covers. We'll get some good stories about that stuff. And a lot of you people might remember him from the American Gladiator TV show or maybe even Battle Dome. We're going to talk to him about his roots back when he got his start and what it was like to fight on TV. And Mike is also going to give us an inside look at his fitness training and nutrition plan. And so we're going to get into it with Michael Hearn. And after you finish listening to the podcast and find yourself wanting to get in shape and eat healthier, and Mike will do that to you, then let my buddy Diamond Dallas Page and DDP Yoga help you get started. And right now, Dallas is giving all you guys a great deal if you go to ddpyoga.com slash Austin. You get the best price on DDP Yoga, and you get three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app. It's available for iPhones and Android, and this app has everything you need. And you can get all the DDP Yoga workouts right from your phone or tablet. And you can do live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center. You can access recipes, cooking demonstrations, and nutrition guides. And you can motivate yourself by watching some of the incredible testimonial videos and stories. And you can do it all right from your phone. Listen, DDP's got a rewards program built into the app, too. You get points for the yoga that you do, and then you can redeem those points for special rewards and DDP merchandise. Dallas has given you everything you need to get on a path to healthier living, and he's making it as easy as possible. So get the DDP Yoga program at ddpyoga.com slash Austin and take advantage of the three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app. Like Dallas always says, all you have to do is commit. So make that commitment now at ddpyoga.com slash Austin. The following program is a podcast1.com production. He started in a small town in Texas. Worked his ass off to become one of the most famous wrestlers of all time. We're going to take care of business tonight, and that's the bottom line. And now he's dominating the world of on-demand audio, and he's doing it for the working man. This is a damn good outlet for me to spew the bullshit off my brain. This is the Steve Austin Show, Unleashed. Unleashed. All right, everybody, welcome to Steve Austin Show. I am coming to you from the main streets of Los Angeles, California. Today, I'm sitting here in my office here at 316 Gimmick Street. It has been a busy morning for Steve Austin. Tell you what happened. Got a call a couple weeks ago about some cats wanting to pitch me a project. And I said, hey, man, that sounds kind of interesting. Why don't we go ahead and set up the meeting? So the meeting was going to be set down there in Beverly Hills in the 90210 district. I get into my Range Rover. I didn't want to take my Ford Bronco to this meeting. It looked like a hot shot. So I drive on down to Beverly Hills, and here's the thing. I'm represented by United Talent Agency, UTA. UTA represents some of the biggest stars in all of entertainment. And, of course, they're lucky to also represent a global icon and a national treasure such as myself, Steve Austin. So anyway, back to the meeting. I go in, looking like a superstar. I valet my car. The dude gives me the ticket, and I walk out into the offices and go up to the young lady who's running the front desk and say, hey, man, looking for my guy. I got a meeting here. And uh, she calls my agent, and I'm waiting for him to come down. And there's two guys there in the lobby. And that's the two guys that I'm meeting with. So they go ahead and amble over and introduce themselves to me. Now, I notice that when I walk in, everybody's looking at me kind of funny. Partially, probably because the way I was dressed. 
UTA uh, is pretty much business casual dress or business business. Everybody there tries to look real sharp because you're trying to impress people. Well, it's kind of hard for me to get dressed and wear fancy clothes and put on jeans and stuff because I got this gimp arm. Also makes it kind of impossible for me to tie any shoes. So I showed up in a pair of camouflage green shorts, a dry fit shirt, a pair of those gimmick sandals that you pull the strap over the back of your heel. My toes, you can't see my toes because it's got a covered toe, but I'm basically wearing sandals, uh, camouflage shorts, and dry fit, and I got my arm in a sling because y'all know my shoulder's busted. Well, check this out. I figured everybody was kind of looking at me funny when I checked in and probably looking at me like that because I was so out of place. Nobody dresses like I dress. It looked like a piece of white trash just rolled into UTA, but it was more than that. I had actually packed into my uh, vehicle an extra dry fit sleeveless shirt that I was going to put on after the meeting and go directly to the gym and have my first workout after my intensive shoulder surgery uh, or as extensive shoulder surgery. Nonetheless, I was going to train my left arm for the first time since I've been operated on. So I was going to take a black dry fit shirt and switch that in to work out in. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but when I threw the shirt in the car, it was on my center console. It had attached itself to the Velcro strap on my arm sling. So I'm walking around like, you know, it's nobody's business. I'm just hanging out doing what I do. I'm dressed like, you know, a, a damn person that's going to Wally World or something. And I got a three-foot black shirt hanging from my arm, and I don't know it's there. So, so everybody's kind of looking at me like, what the fuck's this guy got on? And I don't know that I'm dragging a black shirt around. So now here comes my agent. The two dudes come uh, introduce themselves to me that I'm going to meet with. And we start walking to a little office where we can have a private conversation. All of a sudden, I feel something fall off of my arm and realize that I turn around. And it's that goddamn black sleeveless shirt that I was going to work out in that it attached itself to the Velcro strap on my arm sling. So I felt like a fucking idiot. I'm walking around there dressed like a piece of white trash, and on top of that, I got a black shirt hanging from my arm sling. And I said, why couldn't somebody give me the heads up and say, hey, dude, you got your laundry or some kind of shit attached to your arm sling, but no. Anyway, so I pick up the black shirt. I stuff it in my arm sling, and I said, damn, dude. I said, can't none of you guys tell me I got a shirt hanging from my fucking sling? Anyway, it was kind of funny at the time. Maybe it was a lame story. The only way I figured it could have been any worse, if... Somehow, some way, I'd have got a goddamn pair of blue panties tangled up on that motherfucker, and they'd have fell on the floor, too, and that would have been the shit, Ted Fowler style. Speaking of Ted, at Ted Fowler361, you motherfucker. Hey, I got a story for y'all's ass before we get jump into the buy this show and talk to Mike O'Hearn. Teddy Fowler gets the big idea that he's going to pull a rib on Steve Austin, a global icon and a national treasure. And I've been waiting to talk about this on the podcast because I keep on forgetting about it. So anyway, we just get my shoulder cut on and I get this damn card in the mail. And I got a couple neighbors down there in Texas. And so he puts two initials in the upper left-hand corner instead of a return address. And so... On the cover, there's a beaver, and he's got his hand spread, and it says, Be Healed. And he puts, Steve, there, all better. Can I get an amen? And he says, Get well soon. God loves you, and so do I. And he writes down my neighbor's name. 
And I'm like, man, ain't no way my neighbor could have wrote me that letter because I don't know him that well. I was cool with him saying that God loves me because maybe he does. But when he says, so do I, man, I don't know that guy that well. So I was really perplexed. And then here's the thing. He had called Kristen to let her know that the card was coming in the mail and not to throw it out. So I was like totally caught off guard and my wife was in on the rib. And so, man, she, it was weird because I didn't know what was going to happen. A lot of times Kristen will open up my mail. And so she opened up my mail and she kind of looked at it and her eyes opened up and she took her head back. And she just kind of shakes her head. And it's that kind of look, you know, like when your wife gives you that look and thinking, oh, fuck, something's fucked up here, man. It's, something ain't right. I'm in trouble. I didn't fucking do nothing. And it was just the, the, the fact that she was playing into the fact that my neighbor says he loves me. And he wrote it down and then wrote his name. And she just said weird and handed it to me and walked off into the kitchen playing it out. She should have wanted an Oscar for a performance. I'm shaking my goddamn head and wondering what the fuck's going on. So anyway, we, this goes on for about six hours. Finally, Ted Fowler calls me on the phone and smartens me up that it was him that pulled the rib on me because uh, I was getting so damn irate and wondering what the fuck was going on. Uh, Kristen figured I was going to call my neighbor and ask him what the fuck was going on. Uh, I mean, I wasn't mad at him for saying that God loves me, and I, I was just kind of like, dude, that's, that, that's, you know, it was just kind of weird. So Teddy called me up, and I told that I said, you motherfucker, I said, you had me hook, line, and sinker. I said, what in the wide, wide world of sports possess you to want to pull a rib like that on me? We never ribbed each other at all, I don't think. We joke around a lot at the Broken Skull Ranch and drink a lot, but we, were, we don't ever rib each other. So that summage came uh, out of fucking nowhere. And Teddy, I know you listen to the podcast. Mister, somehow, some way, you're not going to know when, but I'm going to rib the hell out of you. And I think uh, you know, a lot of people would say, hey, don't, don't smarten him up, Steve. Uh, that way you'll catch him uh, by surprise. No, Teddy knows he's got a receipt coming. I think he knew it when he sent that goddamn card. But Teddy... I'm giving you official notice on the Steve Austin podcast. Your ass rib me, and you got a return rib. You're going to have a receipt, as we would say in the business, coming back. Beware. I'm coming for you. Anyway, enough about the shenanigans of my business meeting and Ted Fowler ribbing me. Good rib, Ted. I give you credit on that one. You had to be there to appreciate how good that fucking rib was. But let's get into business because I got Michael Hearn uh, on deck here. And, gang, I've been talking about the 5-4 Club on this podcast for a while now, and that's because I hate to go out and buy new clothes, and that's a shoot. And if you're like me, then the 5-4 Club is your option. Sign up for 5-4Club.com and have your clothes delivered right to your front door. You can look good without stepping foot into the mall. Hey, you pick your sizes, you personalize your style and your color choices. You tell the folks at 5-4 Club if you're looking for work clothes, hanging around the house clothes, or hitting the town clothes. You know what I'm saying. You choose your style profile, classic, casual, forward, or mix, and then you wait for the clothes to show up. And swig a beer because 5-4 Club won't break your bank. Where else can you get all that for just 60 bucks a month? 
and I'll do you one better. If you go to 54club.com and use the promo code Austin to sign up, you'll get 50% off your first package. And if you want to change up your style choices or colors, you can do that for your next delivery. And the best part, 54club also gives you style tips to show you how to wear everything. They've made your wardrobe idiot-proof. So go to 54club.com and use the promo code Austin at sign up and get 50% off your first package. That's 54club.com and use the promo code Austin at sign up to get 50% off your first package. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Shiflett, and I host a podcast called Walking the Floor, where I talk one-on-one with your favorite honky-tonk, punk rock, country, roots, and rock and roll artists, as well as the occasional authors, athletes, and whoever. People like Dirks Bentley, Dwight Yoakam, Mike Ness, Steve Earle, John Doe, Sturgill Simpson, and more. You never know who might be dropping by to go in-depth on their creative inspirations, successes and struggles, life, and whatever else comes up. So download new episodes of Walking the Floor every other Monday at podcastone.com or subscribe at iTunes. Steve Austin. Steve Austin. Unleashed. Unleashed. All right, we roll the sound over here at 316 Gimmick Street. I got Mike O'Hearn sitting right in front of me. Mike, how you doing today? I am doing awesome, man. It's what? been too long. Too long, man. I know. How long have we known each other? 15 years? Easily. I mean, Easily. we never see each other, right. but we've known each other for 15 or better years. I'd say more than that, probably even. Uh, yeah. About 96, when WWF started coming into town. There you go. There you, go. you were already in town. You yep. got to L.A., yep. what, 91? 91. So, yeah, 96, 20 years. Hey, man, unless someone's been living under a rock, they don't know who you are. Anybody that's into <laughs> bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman stuff, physique stuff, you're all over YouTube, uh, crazy following. Here's the thing. Anytime you walk into a gym, you either have the best physique there or one of the best. Anytime you walk into a gym, gym you're the strongest guy there or one of the strongest guys there. So <laughs> let's go back a little bit because right. I know your dad did some bodybuilding. Yep. I know he played some football. Yep. I know you got a bunch of brothers and sisters. You come from Washington. What I didn't know, didn't know you were dyslexic. Ah. How'd you make your way through the educational system, wow. dude? I grew up at a time where... Um, you know, basically they make movies about, and you're probably the same way is, 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 is you came from Texas and you were football, right? Right. And I was football and trust me, man, colleges, mostly when we were growing up, we're like, we don't care about this, that, and the other thing you play ball, we'll get you. Yeah. And that's how the, from uh, junior high to high school on through it was, uh, I was a ball player and. They just said, don't worry about nothing. We'll get you through. Which kind of, you know, in, in a sense, you know, you're asking for a young kid. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, stop it, Hershey's. What we have here is Stryker uh, is, uh, Mike, is this a Husky? Yeah, Husky. And Hershey the Wonder Dog, my chocolate lab, who doesn't have a vicious bone in her body, starting to get protective because Stryker's all over the place over here. <laughs> we got a house full of dogs. I love so, it. Dude, I, I love it. You, you yeah. mentioned and my wife was a former special education teacher. Right. You took some special ed? Oh, kid, here, here's, the, here's what happened. And this is why I think, uh, first of all, I'm glad I grew up with it. Um, my dad was a school teacher. He was a bodybuilder and a football player when he was young, and then he uh, became a school teacher. Um, so he was pretty, and, and I understood this later on in life, he was pretty burnt out by the time he got home. And he got nine kids. 
and it's, she's not going from school to come home to help everybody with their homework. And so one of the one one of the great things I'm glad that happened is my parents were, and then I'll jump back to answer. It, my parents were, hey, listen, you make your choices. And we started young. You make your choices. You do something wrong, right. something's going to happen. And we're not going to be here to, to set you straight. You know, I, I got in fights and stuff, and I'd, I'd get arrested. And, you know, I'd make my one call, and they'd be like, well, have a nice night. And I'd be like, you, you coming down to get me out? Nope. You made a decision to do this. Right. You know, you deal with the consequences, and, it, and you grow up quick. Yeah. And, and I'm glad about that because they, they had too many kids. And, and you grow up as a man, and you realize, man, that's tough. You raise one kid, and it's kind of tough. Imagine raising nine kids like me. And, and I was the good one of the bunch. So um, <laughs> I was a big kid, uh, and I, was, I took the athletics quick. And, and I, your wife would know this. She, dyslexic is a disbalance of IQ to understanding um, ratio. And one drops, one rises. So I was quick to understand things and put things together. I could not read and write. How'd you get past that? Um, I mean, when did you learn to read, dude? It, 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 much later, much later. Um, mostly it's a good because, friend of mine, a DDP, Diamond right, Dallas right, Page, right. dyslexic, and took him a long time to overcome it. Dude, I think he was damn near 30 before he learned how to read. I would say there's still times today. It's like if I get a script, I'm reading that five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Right. You know, anything I get, I'll read twice as much or three times as much as anybody else just so i fully fully understand it because yeah it's still it's still it's something i will always struggle with um but it just makes me work harder and make makes me focus more but in school i went from first grade to where they thought i was a savant and brilliant kid and all this because i'm figuring out everything you're first grade man you're not figuring out jack and you know if i put my diapers on there we go (laughs) so they they threw me to third grade i missed phonics um and then I was suddenly, bam, I got hit by everything. And they go, okay, well, no, he's not special. He's a little slow. <laughs> so, boom, right into fourth grade, went right into special ed, and it stayed there. Really? Um, and it went, uh, that's when, when the anger came and, and I started fighting. I, I, um, I was with the kids that were basically um, just couldn't understand, couldn't function. Um, uh, were most, you bullied? Mostly back then. Was I wasn't bullied. you were angered. I wasn't bullied. They were bullied, and I became the guardian for them. Right. So I was the guy that was fighting every recess because kids are kids, and, and kids would pick on kids that are special or, or, or legs are messed up or this or that, right. or they're eating the uh, checkered pieces and stuff, and so I'd be fighting all the, all the kids. Dude, knowing you like I know you now, I just never figured you'd be that guy. <laughs> yeah. But you said something earlier, uh, which, you know, like I just mentioned, like if you walk to a gym, you're going to be one of the biggest, strongest, best-built guys there. But you were always a big kid because I think in high school, what did you weigh when you graduated? 275. Dude, so when you're 275, when you graduate, dude, I was 205 as, as a senior in high school. And so, you know, you've always been a big guy. Yeah. Because – we got to say this. You've always maintained that you're a completely natural bodybuilder, yeah, yeah. powerlifter. And so we get that out of the way. Yeah. You was big from the get-go. I was uh, – here, here's the thing that – the great thing that you and I get to do is we get to be around elite athletes our right. whole lives. And so we understand the comp- – some people are born big, some aren't. And uh, some are born strong, some aren't. Um, and you and I know great freaking athletes from WWE or back in WCW, um, just monster men. Right, right. Um, plus, plus from the plus, bodybuilding powerlifting world. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so the one thing that I, I started early was nine years old, I started competing in martial arts, powerlifting, and bodybuilding, lifting. Um, by 13, I was already competing. 
Uh, by 14, I won my first bodybuilding show and first powerlifting meet. At 14, this was pre-puberty. Yeah, yeah. And here's one of the things: it's, it's, it's you know, social media is what it is. But they'll go, "Oh, you're already on steroids at 14, dude." <laughs> I didn't have even hair on my yeah. balls. Yeah. You know, and um, so it's like, stop that. Um, so yeah, it was one of those things that I just I started young. Went through puberty, which was a great thing. That the, during that time I went 170 pounds to 275. So I was already 275 as a uh, going into my uh, late sophomore. So I was already that right. big, um, and I was already I won the state powerlifting that year as a as a sophomore, um, junior, and a senior. So yeah, I was I was lifting like a madman. So when you started doing your uh, bodybuilding, because yeah. your dad was a bodybuilder, yep. I as one of his uh, pastimes or passions. Yeah. So uh, you got started on that when you were in, into the uh, high school football program, at which you excelled. Were you a three-time All-State and an yep. All-American yep. in college? All-American in high school. Two-time All-American in high school. Okay. Um, a D-line? Uh, D-line, yeah. Uh, and yeah. or tackle? Uh, I was D-end and fullback. Okay, were you on the school's weightlifting program? Did they have a program? Because you're almost my age, dude. Back, yeah. Yeah, I'm 51. I'm a little bit ahead of you. But yeah. back in the day, dude, we had a universal circuit machine, and that's what it was. Coach blow a whistle, circle to circle. Circle, circle. So were you doing your dad's routine? Were you doing your thing? Would you do what the school told you to do? Because you're already competing. I think you might know Ed Cohen. Oh, absolutely. Doug Furness. Dude, Doug Furness, if he was still Doyle with Kennedy? Yeah. Okay. Dude, you're talking about so the here's, elite. Here's something that you're going to go, okay. These are elite. Yeah. Yeah. If you drop a kid into the most elite crew, Michael Jackson. Right. Around incredible singers from the time he was a child. Right. Will he exceed? Will he get better? Right. Where's his limit? Where's his fishbowl? Where, as big as he can get, is here or up here? Right. I'm 9, 10, 11 years old, already, uh, I found a gym, I, I walked there after the uh, school and stuff, and, and the owner, the manager said, uh, you put weights away, you can, you can train you for free. So these guys, these monster guys who, again, you know, ignorance, I'm 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, thinking this is, this is basically anybody's dad, Right. these six guys. And so I assumed that a 900 deadlift that Doyle Kennedy was doing was anybody's dad. Right. Um, Doug Furness, those 36-inch thighs. I thought a 900 squat was anybody's dad. Right. That was my ceiling. Yeah. And so from growing up at that age, and I, and I call it a beautiful bliss of ignorance, with knowing that that is what this is, and that I can go, wow, you know what? I can be as good as these guys or as strong as these guys, but I want to look better. Right. At that age, and that never changed for me. But that being said, I mean, w with um, a high ceiling or uh, what is uh, the, the, the guys that you just named, some of the greatest of all time as far as powerlifting. Yeah, I, I don't know if the listeners know this, but the guys I'm talking about is Doug Furness was like the first 100, 900. And they'll know him for professional wrestling. Awesome drop yeah. kick. He got out of powerlifting. Had he stayed in powerlifting, he probably would have shattered every record that there ever was <laughs> at 242 or 275, whatever he wanted to be. Yeah. Ed, I mean, Ed Cohn. Ed Cohen. I mean, you Everybody, really don't need to explain that name. Yeah, <laughs> come yeah. on now. Um, but all those guys were the guys I grew up with and trained around, uh, and they they mentored me. Um, but you got so, so you've got a high ceiling here, and that's yep. that's your norm. Where my, in, in most gyms, I mean, you're looking at four hundreds to five hundreds. Think about bowlies or twenty four hour fitness. Yeah. Okay, there's a great. We'll do it with all due respect. Say, all yeah. due respect. I'm not going to yeah. say this, but you go into those gyms and you see a guy do three fifteen squat. It's like and wow, that's the ceiling. Wow, that's wow. the strongest yeah, guy in the dude, gym. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? 
But along with that, you had the genetics to back it up. Now, here's one of the things I want to touch upon because people ask me all the time, hey, Steve, what do you do to stay in shape? Dude, right now you're standing, right, you're sitting right in front of me. I'm in the worst shape I've ever been in my life. Three weeks out of rotator cuff. Just came out with a uh, beer. I've been drinking too much of it. Uh, but people ask me all the time about getting in shape. Right. And one of the things that uh, that you've been able to maintain is your physique. Uh, every time I've ever seen you, you're extremely consistent. Now, you've been higher, you've been lower in weight, depending on whatever you want to do, whether you're trying to bulk up or like right now you're running about 250. Yeah, about 250. But with, with all, what I want to stress to you know my listeners is I do this show for the working man, working woman. You work your ass off to look like you look and to lift what you lift. Along with that, you happen to be blessed with great genetics, correct? I agree. I yeah, agree. 100%. But those great genetics are fine. But if you didn't have to work ethic, then it wouldn't really mean shit. Yeah, the, the genetics okay. never drove me to the gym, never right. made me stay on the diet. I think Chris Bell said it best. Um, and it, it's it's one of those things that um, if the, the fans or, or the social media people listen to the elite, uh, and this is nice, and this is only really, I've only noticed it in the last five years, is the... The fun stuff about like somebody like Ed Cohen, you know, messaging me going, "Dude, I just I love it. You motivate me." What? Hold, you're Ed Cohen. Nobody motivates you. You you motivate the world. But yeah. then he messages me saying that, and it's because I 100. percent I the one thing that I'll say that there's guys with better genetics or there's guys who are, are bigger and stronger. The one thing I won't do is I won't quit, and I'll be on every single day. And I've done it since I was nine, ten years old. Hey, man, I want to get to that because you got to train. Uh, you have a crazy training routine, uh, and, and, and we'll get to that. But let's go back to high school for okay. a little bit. Uh, you excel. You're on the D line. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're all state. You, you go to college. What college you go to? Uh, I was going to go to the University of Washington and or Wazoo, and I decided against. What? What happened? I mean, because, uh, dude, I mean, you got to get the makings of a pro football yeah. player. Yeah, it, it came down to the point of where. Um, and again, you go through, you go through, and you get. I was recruited by Oklahoma and Nebraska and everybody. Um, and it came down to I, I, I played for a school that was ranked fourth in the nation. We never lost, um, and it was fun and it was blast and stuff. But I realized uh, I lost the passion for it, and I was selfish as a kid um, to where I wanted to do something for me and solely me, and it wasn't a team player. Um, yeah, but that's cool, though. And um, it was one of those That's things, what floated your boat. That's what floated my boat. And, and the one thing I and, – and also the one thing is I, they won't understand is that the money back then – remember the money? It wasn't nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. Right. It was nothing right. money. It wasn't right. one of those things where you go, it's not a, it's not a yes-no question. Yeah. It was like, eh, you know. It was like Bosworth later on was, was like one of the first guys that got paid some kind of coin. Right. But everybody else wasn't making that kind of money. So it wasn't that kind of up and down like it is today where you're making $100 million. Um, and at that point, it, one of the coolest things was I was already starting to get into the magazines at 17 years old. And um, I'm walking on stage at 17 at 216 pounds ripped at Teenage Nationals. That's and awesome. I said, uh, and then Joe Weider saw me shortly after that and started throwing me on covers. And I said, now, see, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a walk away. And it was also the learning ability. And when I'm not going to say what school said this, but the school says, do not worry about the academics. You're playing ball. We're going to get you through. Right. And I realized at that point, it's like, yeah, this is, this is not where I want to go. 
Well, tell me about uh, you've been on over 500 magazine yeah, covers. Yeah. You've been on a, cl close to 200 romance novel covers. Yeah. So, how was the discovery process? All of a sudden, you start doing this because, like, right now, what would you say you do for a living? I mean, I know you train people, but I mean, would you still con consider yourself? I mean, like a fitness model? I mean, that, I don't know what a fitness model is. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> how would what, would what would you say your job is? I mean, because you bodybuild. You, do you still compete? No, I stopped competing almost. But uh, you live the lifestyle. Yeah, I live, you live the, the lifestyle. lifestyle. But so I, what would you I say, you entrepreneur? I'd say more like an Anthony Robbins. I'm traveling, doing lectures and uh, motivational speaking. Right. Um, and but you, you guess pose a lot. Yeah, I, I know you just a lot and do seminars. A right. lot, a lot. We're almost every weekend. And I think uh, which, is, which helps, too, because I, I think I realized – after I won the universe and the powerlifting meets and the martial arts stuff, I wanted something more than title. And, and guest posing every weekend is, is such a good focus for me to stay in shape um, and keep, keep kind of breaking the barrier of what people think you can and can't do. Let's go back to uh, you being discovered. Weeder yeah. discovered Joe you? Joe Weeder, Dude, man. man that's so and cool. Would, that's, How was that? Because uh, obviously <laughs> you're a bodybuilder fan from way yes, back. Yeah. And I also knew this. I also knew that Arnold was discovered that way. And, and so it was one of those things that you hear about, uh, you know, somebody getting discovered in Hollywood on, a, on an elevator. Oh, my God, you got the look. And yeah. then, boom, next thing you know, they're in the movies. And it was just that. It was a, a client of mine that I was training flew me to the Olympia. And I was walking through the auditorium. And Joe Weider goes, hold on. Who are you? And I said, oh, I'm my Good looking Hurd. kid, good, good physique, and <laughs> yeah. you catch Joe's eye. He caught yeah. Joe's eye, and Joe says, all right, in a couple weeks, I'm going to give you a call. Okay, cool. I go back to Seattle, and then uh, I get a phone call, and it's Joe Weider, and Joe Weider goes, okay, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to fly you to uh, Capo San Lucas, and we're going to do a photo shoot. And I'm like, great. You know, you know, kid from Washington. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go, I get flown down to Cabo San Lucas, and it's me with seven girls for a week on the beach. That's a doing tough ass yeah, job, Mike. You gotta man. do what you gotta do. <laughs> so I'm shooting with these beautiful women yeah. and, and doing the shoot, and I'm getting paid ridiculous and all this. And then I'm like, wow, that's that's kind of fun week. Um, but then a month or so went by, and then a cover of Muscle and Fitness comes out, and it's it's not my body. It's it's not my arm show. It's nothing like that. It's a headshot. My first cover was a headshot of really? me on muscle and fitness. It wasn't abs. It wasn't anything else. It was my head, my face on the cover of Muscle and Fitness, and uh, a story inside. And, you know, and boom, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And everybody starts, you know, it's a cover back then. It was like it was so cool for everybody to see. For me, I was like, oh, this is great, man. This is this is something. Dude, I what kind do. of heat did that generate within the bodybuilder community? Don't know. Here wasn't you here are. yet. Wasn't even here yet. Okay. Wasn't even California. Still in Washington. Right. So four weeks go by, and the next cover comes out. Me again. Me with five girls wrapped around me. And I'm like, okay, this is this is ridiculous. And then I get a call from Joe, and he goes, oh, these covers are just going great and all this and that. Uh, I, want you, I want you in California. We're going to get you down here. We're going to set you up and put you under contract, and boom. Not even three months later, I was packed. My dad says, go get him, son. And uh, <laughs> I was off. I was down to California shortly after that, and uh, I was here doing shoots and 
started competing down here. But dude, tell me through the grind of that because what's the learning curve? You, you when you get into the business of pro wrestling, or maybe some rock and roll guys take the same thing. It's that old con, that old contract where hey, man, just sign your life away. And so, how, what was the learning curve from you as as a young uh, bodybuilder? Now, man, this is business. This is what you're going to do for a living. You're competing as well, but it seems like the cover things are your bread and butter. Yeah, the covers. What's definitely, the business acumen for that? Yeah, the the covers took off. Um, here's the funny thing. We're talking, uh, this is, this is 90, this is 90. So I get here, um, I'm shooting up a storm. I, here's the funny thing. I go into gold's gym and man, there's some, there's some legends there training and I start working out and I'm like, and no, no offense to them, but this is a bodybuilding gym. And I came from a straight up hardcore ass powerlifting gym where you're slapping and ammonia smelling and right, chalk. Yeah, you know, a, a, an, a bad squat is seven hundred. You yeah. know, <laughs> so I get to Gold's gym and I'm this you know twenty year old kid and I start uh, squatting and stuff and I'm like, why isn't anybody? What's going on here? So you're throwing up stupid numbers. Yeah, back I'm throwing in. up stupid yeah. numbers, and that's throwing up things. And then, me and, and to my audience, when I say stupid numbers, I'm just into high numbers on a squat or a deadlift or a bench. I mean, like again, a, a three fifteen on an inclined bench for for a lot of gyms is a, a hell of a lot of weight. Yeah, and I'm seeing you rep with four hundred five, and so yeah. now you're squatting seven hundred. So what are they like? What is this guy doing? It was it was a quick run into the very best there wasn't a lot of downtime it was me training with tom plaz on legs yeah. you know three and a half hours it, and and i was the new kid and i was getting covers and stories so it was fun then i get a call from a guy named uh, uh shane mcmahon and he goes hey so i want to uh i want to fly out and do dinner and i'm like all right is this uh pre-gladiators well, hold on hold on okay, okay. yeah yeah okay. yeah not much after the phone call and we're going to arrange this thing i book american gladiators right as thor yep yeah you were so, there for the first and the second yeah so i i i do this dinner with uh shane and uh I fly out and i meet vince and everybody and so this is one of those crossroads I look back and I go, man, my life could have been a lot different. Right. Because uh, I met Vince and they, they set me downstairs to wardrobe and everything. And, said, Gonna and Vince is a walk? big body guy. He likes legs. I heard he likes guys that are like jacked and legs. And yeah, he likes the whole thing. He's yep, a body there guy. There you go. Yeah. So I, I meet with these guys out there and uh, great. Both Shane, just great guys. Um, uh, and, and the only problem is I couldn't sign because I was already signed with Gladiators. So that was the first kind of, wow, contracts get in the way, right. the, the, the crossroads, right. what could you have done? So I could have been wrestling since the early 90s, and, and it, I couldn't do it because of the American Gladiators. Dude, that would have been, that's a great what if. Yeah. But it turned out good. Yeah. I watched, uh, I watched your audition thing. I guess it was for the first uh, incarnation of American Gladiator. And, man, they had you do a bunch of drills. You ran a 4940. Uh, you probably weighed 265. Or 285. 285. You were a monster. But, dude, you clocked a 49 yeah. at that weight. Yeah. And you weren't sprinting every day. You no. were just squatting and training yeah. hard. Yeah. And, so, and then you were doing a bunch of uh, burpees and stuff like that. So a lot of athleticism goes back to your college background. And so you're you're on the uh, bodybuilding scene. You're down there. You're, you're shooting covers. Now, if you add up all your best lifts, if I'm remembering correctly, I know you got an 800 pound squat. Yep. Give or take a seven, 
75 deadlift? What's your deadlift? Uh, I did a 775 for three. It's my okay. best. Oh, Jesus, you're going to get hot about it. Okay, so <laughs> 800 squat, an 800 deadlift, oh, what, 500 bench? Five uh, uh, a 555 bench. Okay, let's add that up. What's that, 23? This is, all, this is all gym stuff right there. Uh, I took second in the Nationals to a freak named Bull Stewart throughout my teenage years and my early 20s. So, I mean, what's your total? What's your uh, best my, my total? My total was, uh, let's see, uh, 19, 19 in a meet. 19 in a meet. meet. Yeah. Okay. But, dude, but this is ADFPA. This is right. drug-free. This right. is, and this will go back to everybody going, no, 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 no. Right. Guys, I... Here's the here's the here's the four one one on that. I um, competed from the time I was fourteen uh, until I retired uh, in drug tested show. Not because I had to, because I wanted to, right. and I chose to get drug tested and, and do polygraphs and blood and all that stuff. If they believe, they believe. They don't believe. It doesn't matter. I got you. Yeah, but it was one of those things that I I, uh, I won the California powerlifting four times, and uh, I just couldn't win the nationals because a guy named a legend named Bull Stewart who would do a uh, 515 uh, squat, a 515 deadlift, and a nice uh, 450 bench, drug free. But given the numbers that you're putting up, did you ever say, "Hey, man, let me stick with this full time"? I I I was cool with my numbers because of the fact of this. I I have never been a one dimensional guy because of uh, I believed in I idolized Arnold for what he did. I idolized Bruce Lee for what he did, but I believed that I could do it all. Um, so I competed in martial arts part of the year. I competed in bodybuilding part of the year. I didn't focus on powerlifting all year long. Right. And, and you know me. I've never done it all year in the sense of just one thing. Right. And you said, well, what do you really do? I like doing it all. Yeah. I like having the physique. I like having the power. I like being able to be athletic first and foremost um, and throughout the whole life. Dude, do you ever drink? Because never. No. And never I know that, did. you know, we were talking, uh, it was a year or two ago, and we were talking about someone, how specific uh, they were when they went out to eat. When when you go out to eat, do you ever cheat? I mean, you're maintaining what? Are you 6% now? I don't know, but... I, you're lean. I'm lean. Look like a million bucks. <laughs> Thank you. I am... Um, like Chris Bell said, uh, Mark Brooks. I love Mark Chris Bell. Bell. Yeah, yeah, I don't know him well. He always his favorite story to tell me is, uh, or to tell people is, got UFC over at the house. Everybody's showing up, eating Doritos and stuff. And there's Mike on the couch, and he opens up his Tupperware. What the freak is that about? <laughs> Every single time, you and your Tupperware. Yeah, I st I stay consistent. So if you see me bulked up, yeah. it's still a foundation of calorie intake for healthiness. And, and size and strength where I could easily just drop some carbs and boom, I'd tighten up. So I've never, I've never been one guy that, for me, it's one of those things that if I talk to people when I travel and I say, well, how's your nutrition? Well, I'm not competing right now, so it's whatever. Right. I've never, since I was nine years old, not been on a plan. Really? Yeah. And, okay, and going And back. going to drinking, it's not that I have anything against drinking. I saw, here's a, here's a great thing. If you're around somebody... Yeah, you grow up on the streets and you see your older brothers in gangs and you see the damages it causes. It changes the younger one. So um, I got a lot of family and I saw a lot of them do steroids. I saw them a, lot, a lot of them do uh, drugs. I saw them do alcohol. So as a kid, I saw what the good was and what the bad was. So I saw my brother one time. We skipped school and went home to play football, saying a lot of football with a whole bunch of people. And we're watching and we're playing, and, but they're drinking as we're playing. And then I saw him kind of pass out and throw up. 
And they're like, well, turn them over, turn them over. Um, and this is still vivid in my mind. And I said, why you got to turn them over? Well, if he throws up like that, he's going to choke on it. And, and at that point, I just never, I said, well, there's no reason. That doesn't do anything for me, and I want athletics. Um, and then the same thing for steroids. I, uh, uh, somebody in my family did it, and, and the results were freaking incredible. But they were incredible so much that one day in the gym, I saw the back of her, and I go, that dude is jacked. And it, the person turned around, and it was my sister. Right. And at that moment, I was like, I see her every day, and I didn't even recognize the change. I said, whatever that is, I don't want to do that. Did all your brothers and sisters have the, the same genetics you did? Yeah. Oh, no, my sister won Miss Seattle. She won the North American. She won the uh, Washington State powerlifting. My brother won Washington State powerlifting. My brothers were all football players. It was a family that was genetically created. Dude, how do you explain over 500 covers? I mean, obviously the consistency, the dedication, the hard work, the always being on a plan, relentless in the gym. 500, I mean, in wrestling, when we talk 16 world titles by Ric Flair, it's like, what did they just, they couldn't find anybody else to put a belt on? <laughs> he was that good. So you're, the, you you had the physique. I mean, I'm, dude, every single magazine there was, you've been on 100 times. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to like Muscle and Fitness, which is, you know, basically the top magazine, it's uh, Arnold and me and Lou Ferrigno. So I got a couple guys that are a generation ahead of me that I'm right there with. It's because I think I realized early on, as you, it's not about the title. It's about being ready. It's always about being ready. And so when Joe Weider would make a phone call, hey, you ready? A lot of the guys would go, no, I'm off season. I can't do this. And he called me up and says, can you shoot? Freak yeah. Let's go. And every single person around that. And then one of the things I think, and I try to tell this to the up-and-comers. They go, hey, I'm getting ready for a show. Great. Now, before the show and after the show, set up 10 photo shoots. Well, I really want to focus on the show. All right. There's, I'm just wasting my breath now. They don't get it. This is uh, if you want to make a career out of it. If you want to do more than just win a title. Dude, how many guys have won Mr. USA? 30, 40, 50, 60 guys? Yeah. But there's only a couple guys that have made a career out of it. Why right. is that? It's because of the other stuff they do outside of that. Right. And the one thing is that, that I, I just won't quit, and I'm always ready, and I'll and I'll be ready every single day. And that's why it's one of those things with the nutrition or anything I do. It's, I, you know me, I train at four in the morning, and I've done it for thirty years. That's what I want to ask you about. You're up yeah. at three, you're in the gym at, at four. Yeah. But why? What are you how doing crazy, the rest part of the day? How crazy is our schedules? Our, well, our schedule is pretty freaking crazy, yeah. But dude, I'm I'm in a whole different stratosphere because I'm I'm either doing. A, a You're just show. big time now. That's no, no, it. no. I'm You're just saying. Time, no, so it's it's interesting when, when you when when I was you know on the road all the time. You yeah. know, I was I was somewhere every day. Yeah. And so you know, with now if if uh, I'm shooting you know Broken Skull Challenge or something or doing a podcast, that, that's what I do. But other than that, you know, I'm in entertainment business. So you know, when I don't work, I don't work. What's the backside of what you do? Because a lot. Let, let's go to the training. Okay. In the gym at four a.m. Four a.m. Does Golds always let you in? Yeah. Because they're not really open at four a.m. No, they? I've had a key since ninety-one. Okay. So when you, man, you've got uh, a lot of videos on YouTube, millions and millions of views. Uh, and Striker, your dog's in there. A lot yep. of them. Does Striker come with you to the gym every day, or just for those night shoots when, or the early morning shoots when there's fewer people in there? Oh no, Striker goes with me nationwide. Oh no, I've seen him everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I think most people think that, uh, and I hopefully. Every 
everybody hears this. I don't take Stryker with because uh, uh, of therapy for me or anything like that. I took her with and have taken her with for uh, six years now because um, we get asked a lot, you know, celebrities do, to go to charities. Right. Um, and uh, years ago, I was asked to go to uh, a Christmas charity for kids um, uh, to give out presents and stuff like that at, at a cancer a burn burn unit. And I'm like, you know what? They, they, to myself, I said, they don't care about these 20 celebrities. They care about Santa Claus and puppies. And I just had her. And I said, I'll do this, but I'm going to bring my puppy. And then so I brought the puppy with. And, and I was right. You know, they want to, you know, presents and play with uh, Stryker. And to see the smiles at that moment was it was mind blowing to me that that this dog or a dog could make somebody even a kid right forget about the pain and suffering or anything that they have going on with them. Uh, and ever since that point, Hershey, <laughs> except for Hershey, <laughs> except <laughs> um, so at that point on, I uh, have continuously done the charity work with Stryker. So when we travel, yeah. I'll always fly in a day early and we'll visit hospitals like Ronald McDonald House or anything like that. Does Stryker out of the plane and with you? Stryker's right on the plane sitting next to me. Oh, that's um, great. And she goes into the hospitals and I spend some hours there with her. So I'm basically the handler. Right. And she does the charity work and that's why I do it. And so she's with me everything, everywhere, uh, photo shoots, uh, uh, anything I do, she's with me. Hey, dude, I love it. Talk to me about uh, your diet. You, Chris Bell says you come over, everybody's eating chips or drinking beer, and you break out a Tupperware container. We've talked in the past. What are you eating right now to, to, to maintain 250 pounds of, of muscle and whatever body percent your right. fat is? <laughs> um, What's I, the diet, dude? I am one of these guys that is always eating every two to three hours. I'll get uh, uh, a majority of protein, a little bit of carbs, a little bit of fat with each meal. Where do you like to get your protein from? You eat any red meat? Uh, red meat. Red? I do do red meat. Uh, my chicken. Um, depending on if I'm trying to get size and strength, is it red meat or chicken relative to fish? Um, and right now I'm doing a lot of fish, and I'm, I'm just slicing and dicing right now. I'm going to try to get down to uh, 230 pounds. So i got to tear off a lot of muscle. So how many calories would you get? Right well, now, I would like to figure you know how many calories you Yeah, get. right now I'm at 37. Okay. 3,700. And so. will you do cardio every single day? I do do cardio every day because here's the thing. like, This will confuse people. If I tell you I do two hours of cardio a day, you'll be like, holy cow, that's tearing it down. I'm like you. I'm a big boy naturally. I have to overtrain to stay this size. If I stop doing cardio and I kick back to four days a week and I keep my calories at 5,000, Dude, I'm 300 pounds within a month. So really, yeah. I was watching a video with uh, you were training with uh, Rich Piana. Right. That, that video did over eight million views. You training arms with Rich Piana. So, and you you said that the heaviest you got up to was 305. Yep, 305. Dude, you must have been a damn monster. Dude, but, I would have. Oh. What did you do? Did you just stop cardio? It was it was a it was an it was a good time and a bad time. Uh, obviously, uh, I was. Everybody's calling you. <laughs> I owe everybody a beer. That's my standard thing. There's a guy delivering some beer to my front door. My computer's ringing. All right. Well, what happened? So, 305. Um, Monster. I was finishing up Battle Dome, um, and I was about 285 uh, feeling strong because I'd always start the show um, ripped to the bone, and then I'd put on some size throughout the show just so I can stay healthy because you're banging. You're banging yeah. every single day, man. You're going against six guys a day. Um, 
and so that kind of wears and tears on you. So I'd always put a little size on throughout the season. But after the season was over, um, I just I just jumped on a whole bunch of fruit and started doing more protein shakes and wanted to see what I can get up to and see how strong I can get. And that's when I did the uh, – I was 305. I did uh, 775 for three on deadlift, uh, beltless. And I, I Dude, swear to God, I thought, that pisses me yeah. off. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I would have wrestled a bear it's if you brought a bear to in. watch you do that stuff uh, that you're doing without a belt. Yeah, um, I did. I did equipment. I early on in my career, um, when I first powerlifted, I did tons of equipment. Super. Remember the super suits would take two yeah. guys to get yeah, that yeah. shit on you, yeah. and the belt and the knee wraps that would cut your circulation off. If it could be tighter than tight, I'd wear it. Um, but then I did gladiators, and I realized, I say, why am I training with equipment if it's not going to help me here? Right. Or I was competing in martial arts, so if it's not going to help me there, there's no difference between a 600 squat and an 800 squat. If, the, if you get into the 800 with equipment, and you take all the equipment off and you're only doing a 600, right. I would rather be the guy doing 600. I'm with you. So it's, it's one of those things that people ask me, why don't you do equipment? It's 100% uh, blunt force trauma. I want that back to be strong. I don't want to put on a brace. If I put on a brace and that's what's helping me get it, I'd, I'll just drop the weight and do something a little less. Hey, you brought up American Gladiators. Let's yeah. take a break right now for the uh, uh, sponsors to keep the show on the air for free. I'm coming right back with Michael Hearn, one badass dude. All right, I'm sure you guys know what I did before sitting down with Michael Hearn for this podcast. Yeah, that's right. I took some Alpha Brain. I had a few swigs of coffee. Why? Because Alpha Brain keeps me on my A game. It keeps me sharp, focused, and able to conduct a badass interview. And if you want to be on top of your game, then get yourself some Alpha Brain at onit.com slash Steve. And if you do, you will save 10% off your order. And you can get 10% off anything you order at onit.com slash Steve, including Shroom Tech Sport and T+. Well, what does Shroom Tech Sport do? I'll tell you what it does. It takes your workouts to a whole nother level. It gives you a boost. It helps you go longer and recover faster. It's made with natural ingredients. It ain't going to load you up with a bunch of artificial stimulants. No, that's not what it is. T-plus increases strength and power. It will improve your athletic performance, and it's safe to use if you're competing. So go take advantage of this 10% discount off your order. Just go to onnit.com slash Steve. And another great thing about Onnit and all their products is they stand behind them. If they don't work the way they're supposed to, you can get all your money back, no questions asked. Yes, that's a money-back guarantee. So go to onnit.com slash Steve to get your 10% discount off all supplements. That's O-N-N-I-T dot com slash Steve to get 10% off your order. Hey, man, we've all had them times when you need to make a little extra money. And I've got a really easy way you can do it. You can drive with Uber. Now, I know you guys know all about Uber, and I know most of you have the Uber app on your smartphones already. But did you know that Uber and Uber app can help you make extra money driving your own car? And the best thing about driving with Uber is that it's totally flexible. You make your own schedule. You decide when you want to drive and for how long. Whenever you want to make some extra dough, just turn on the app and drive. Hey, drive for a few hours here, a few hours there. Drive for a ride or two. It all adds up to great extra money fast. And it's really easy to get started because all you got to do is go to drivewithuber.com to sign up for free. You can do it right now from your phone. Drivewithuber.com. You just answer a few questions about yourself and your car, and then you get approved. Once you're approved, you start driving. I told you it was easy. Start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your schedule. 
Sign up to drive with Uber today. Go to drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. One last time, I'm going to spell it out for you. Drivewithuber.com. All right, dude, you said American Gladiators, one of my favorite shows back in the day. There we uh, go. You auditioned. I guess I think in one of your stories, I think maybe 15,000 people showed up for the audition. It was crazy. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So you got picked. So, uh, yeah, it, we, we fought all day. There was a couple. I mean, uh, I think with the new Gladiators, it was um, it was much easier because I, I, I appreciate the original Gladiators. And when I, when I got the new Gladiators, they said, hey, we're going to bring you on. And I said, no, 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 I, I don't like that treatment. I want to fight just like everybody else fights. And that's when that's the audition tape that you saw running the 440 right. and uh, doing the 35 pull-ups in 30 seconds and all that stuff. Um, I wanted to go out there and prove that I could do it. Um, not just when I was 22 years old, 21 years old. I wanted to prove it when I was this age. Um, but the original one, when I when I went out and got Gladiators, man, that was uh, that was badass because it was like 15. It was even, it was more than that. And we done at the Coliseum, and we fought all day for two days. And it, it started out with so freaking packed with athletes. That's almost back in the Stone Ages, too, because you yeah. almost go back like some old-school pro wrestling days. Oh, I mean, yeah. I know it's like, what was that, 96? This one was 94, 93. Okay, but in that ballpark yeah, where, yeah, I mean, yeah. back in it was pretty modern. Z but as you look back, I mean, a lot, a lot more things fly back in than would today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and let, let me go ahead and mention, because every time I do a podcast and I have someone over here on Wednesday, my neighbor's getting his god dang yard going, <laughs> so i got to complain about the blower one more time. And, and, Mike, that's the reason this award-winning podcast never wins an award. Back to American Gladiators. Dude, <laughs> what did they tell you guys? on the show all of a sudden y'all got your spots uh the the producers say okay ex so-and-so joe blow's coming on smoke his ass would they just tell you guys to uncork on him did did y'all try to give him a little bit of a chance or just throttle down i could tell you three different levels um because i did gladiators and i did a tv show battle dome like who had terry cruz on there and then i did gladiators again and man do you learn Holy cow, do you learn? Um, the original Gladiators was probably, I, I got to say this, was the best of the three because of the fact that producers back then didn't turn it into a reality show. They actually got great freaking athletes um, to go against us. And the guys that were Gladiators with me were great athletes. They were just uh, all the guys, Nitro, Dan Clark, and all these yeah. guys, great athletes. Um and so for me, it was awesome to see these guys do it, and they could also work a mic, because that's the one thing I couldn't do at that time. Really? Yeah, I couldn't work a mic right off the bat. Where'd you get your promo skills, dude? You I know what? I thought you had to get the gab. Um, Lee Rareman, who who just passed a little while ago, uh, Hawk from American Gladiators, kind of took me under and said, "Just just watch me," because he could work a mic. Yeah. Athletically, I was right from the get go, stronger, bigger, you well, know, faster than these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I um. I, that wasn't the problem. I had the look. Couldn't work a microphone like my Nitro, Dan Clark, yeah. dude, you, Hawk. Those guys could work a mic. So I had to learn that stuff. But with that one, we got to 100% every time beat the guy's ass. Right. Or we get our asses beat. Right. You, and and get was, embarrassed. Uh, right. And, and so from the original Gladiators, I learned so much. Because when I got to Battle Dome, I was, such, uh, I was uh, so much calmer. Um. And and I was, you know, it's, what I liked is this is it was like I was always I know what I look like, and so I know that every guy that comes out there, if they're gonna want to fight somebody, they're gonna want to fight me. 
I'll take that guy on. He's, he can't be tough. Um, they're not going to choose Terry Crews, man, because he looks like a badass is going to knock your head off. And I'm like, he's the nicest he's guy, in the, nicest world, guy in the world, but he's the meanest looking guy yeah, in the world. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. So, so um, I, I learned a lot through those two shows. Um, Battle Dome was, again, we got to, that was even more violent. We were snapping guys' legs and shoulders and arms, and, and, and we were, and it was funny, we, uh, it wasn't funny. Sorry about that. I don't mean this funny, but it was just I saw what was going on. As soon as uh, we snapped the one guy's leg, the producers come back and they go, "All right, that's our first show. That's what we're going to run with." And I'm like, "Okay, I see what kind of show this is going right. to be. This is going to be badass knocking heads, carnage, um, carnage." Yeah. Um, and then when I got to the new gladiators, I got to enjoy it. I got to live in the moment. I don't know about you, but like. You're going from show to show, traveling the world, you know, with you. Um, and for me, uh, every time you go out and fight somebody on Gladiators, it's like you cannot lose. You know, this is TV, right. baby. This is you and him yeah. on TV by yourselves up on the joust. And, and, and early on when I was younger, I couldn't live in the moment. And I would be, like, too worried about winning, winning, winning. And when I went back to the, uh, the new Gladiators, I was so relaxed and so calm. And, and had a nice confidence to myself to where I could live in the moment and go, dude, I get to get up, fight six guys a day, get paid for it. The only bad thing is to wear spandex. You know, so it was like, it was so badass and fun, and, and I really enjoyed that. Um, what, when you say uh, in the moment or, or, or relaxed, you know, sometimes, and I think it's kind of like a parallel being in a ring, when, you, when you're thinking so much about everything that you're doing. Yeah. You're, you know, it's like my buddy Zach Wild, who plays lead guitar for Black Label Society, his band. He goes, you know, I ask him, dude, how, how do you do that? Well, what are you thinking while you're doing it? He goes, bro, if you're thinking, you're stinking. <laughs> so you, you get in your head. Yeah. You know, from the acting yeah. experience as well. Yeah. Dude, if you're hearing what you're saying, you're not really doing it yep. the way you should yep. be. And the same, same with an athletic endeavor. You know, just yeah, to be able be to go on instincts, to be relaxed, and just rely on your skills yeah. and be there to react. That way you can enjoy it. But, but to me, that's when you also perform your best. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think I did my best performance on uh, the new Gladiators relative to the early stuff. What happened so to that relaxed. show? Did, it, did the ratings? They killed just... a new one. They killed it. Um, they, they couldn't leave good well enough alone. You know, the original was great because you got David and Goliath. Boom, that's what it was about. Right. For some reason, uh, the new Gladiators, they were like, okay, each week we want a new game. Each week we want a new Gladiator. And so it never gave time. And then they turned it into a reality show where it was like, let's take uh, this uh, 48 minutes and really care about the contestants. When the majority of people want to tune in and go, I want to see a, a small guy kick a big guy's ass or a big guy kick the small guy's right. ass or, or vice versa, David and Goliath. That's what the show was about. And they tried to turn it into a reality show. How much are you trying to uh, pursue acting these days? I'm, I'm pushing on everything. And, and like right now, we're trying to get Johnny Cage for the new Mortal Kombat. Um, and I stay consistent. I'm in class, I'm studying, and I'm working on it. Um, I love it. I love being on set. I love being filming. And I like the idea of more, uh, at this stage, more martial arts, badass kind of you know, projects. 
How do you like the uh, fights? To me, fighting for camera is a pain in the ass because <laughs> of the choreography, the, the camera angles, and because, man, from my background in pro wrestling, it's a dance. I mean, there's two guys out there, and people think, oh, yeah, you, you rehearse everything, or you choreograph it. No, no, no. You know, back in the old days, and you, know, you might have a few things that you know were going to happen, but basically, I mean, it's kind of a free-for-all. And, you know, the guy, you're as good as the guy you're dancing with. Yes. And so it's, it's less technical. And fighting for camera is so technical. Yeah. And for some of the, the lower budget stuff I was doing, dude, you got no rehearsal time. Sometimes it was monkey see, monkey do, watching stunt guys do it, and then you follow it. And it just, I just it didn't appeal to me. Do you like fighting for camera? I, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like it. I don't mind it. it, it it's uh, a lot of my background, besides the grappling, was uh, I originally started with Taekwondo and stuff like that. And so I like the high kicks and round stuff and putting that on screen. Um, well, but yeah, that the, 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 background the, 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 makes everything a lot easier. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And it's because, dude, from, from my pro wrestling experience, I had a big right hand, and that was it. You know, I didn't have any feet work because I never need, needed footwork because, you know, I was, I was wrestling. I was stand-up brawling. Right. Dude, if you got bad footwork on camera, I mean, you can look bad real fast. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, want to, I, want, yeah. I want to tell the guys, hey, man, shoot me high. Shoot me close, waist up, you know, because I got no footwork. So yeah, if you have but that I agree with skill you. set, it, it, it does help. It does suck to do the same. Th- ah, that, that didn't play. That didn't play. Right. Let's go again. That's that's annoying. Right. So, because um, then I, with wrestling, man, you get your one shot, and you got to run that whole scene. And, and you never know what happens. You guys, uh, that's impressive. Eh, it is what it was. It, it was fun. And, um, dude, you go all over the world training with yeah. some of the biggest, strongest, baddest dudes out there. I lo- love watching some of your stuff when you're training with the White Rhino, Stan Efferding. Yeah, uh, you, you know what? That's still to my day. I know that, like like you said, Rich Piana's video got 8, eight uh, million views and stuff, and that's great. And Rich is a great guy. I love Rich. Yeah. He's, he's a, the person I know is a very soft-spoken, spot, you know, nice guy. Um, and then I just did a video with C.T. Fletcher. It's almost at a million within a week. Uh, but Stan Efford and, and my video, uh, after I guest posed and was depleted and dried out and everything, um, he came up on stage and uh, he says, let's, let's squat tomorrow morning, which was Sunday morning. I said, let's do this. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Because here's your up. thing. When you go into a gym, you approach it as warfare. Yeah. You're yeah, pushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you're like me. It's... Uh, Outside of the gym, I'll open the door for anybody and everybody and be as kind as anything. But in the gym, you got to let me be barbaric. you got to let me go head-to-head and butt, butt heads. And, and the great thing with Stan Everton is that, you know, he's a proven lifter, mostly later in his years, that he's just uh, crazy totals. And then we squatted off at 500 pounds, and it was just the energy and the, the whatever you do, I'm going to beat it. I don't care what happens. I will beat it right. was the attitude. Um, and that that still tingles. So I love uh, that shit. Uh, C.T. Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, you got almost a million views on that one. I went down to uh, the LBC, to the uh, Iron Addicts gym. You were there, right? Yeah. Uh, that guy's uh, hilarious. He's, he's very motivational. Uh, it was interesting because you went down there and y'all traded arms. He didn't, yeah. want to, he didn't want to bench with you, he didn't want to squat with you, he didn't want to deadlift with you, but he can hang on arms. But y'all trained his style. It, it, it was quick movements. He, he likes. He calls it prison style training. Yep. So, what did you think about that? What did you have a good workout with him? Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. I, I don't think people know this, but uh, he and I powerlifted uh, at the same uh, meets together and stuff. Yeah. Um, and 
I don't know visually, but I'm old school, baby. <laughs> you know, and uh, something that was awesome is you go through life. I don't know how personality I was when I was 20, but uh, the cool thing was he admitted when we when we just shot. He goes, man, I fuck Mike O'Hearn. I don't like yeah. this guy. Who, who, why is everybody talking about yeah. this guy? You know, because yeah. he was a big, super heavyweight. Right. Back, and I'm talking early 90s. And so, just so you guys understand when this listening, yeah, we're, we're talking about C.T. Fletcher and me back in the early 90s when we power lifted. Um, I was a 242-er. He was a super heavyweight. And he goes, I don't care about this kid. I don't give a shit and stuff. And then I showed up, and uh, um, I won best lifter that day and won, and won the title, and he won his class. Um, but after that, he was like, it was respect. And it was cool that I got the respect within a fight in, in the powerlifting meet relative to but that's when, hey man, the numbers do the talk and and green lights on the lift, you know. Yeah. You 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 weren't walking a wall. I mean, you, you were you you proved yourself. Yeah. And a lot of, dude, here's the thing: a lot of people, uh, you have your naysayers out there. Oh, yeah. There's no way it can be clean. That you know, we've already yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. all that. And, and sometimes you know, like I remember back in the day, I'd see you in the magazines. I think, man, dude's getting, dude looks good, but it can't be all that in person. Then all of a sudden, every time I saw you, you're six three, two fifty, two sixty, whatever. When you roll up on a cat, you're you're a lot bigger in person. You look great in the magazines, but dude, but I look small in magazines. No, dude, but when, when you get it, when you get yourself here in person, like man, <laughs> I think I, I might be able to hang with Mike. All of a sudden, you roll up, I'm like, nah, that's a big son of a bitch. <laughs> Fashion question: Why in the hell are you wearing those baseball shirts? Every video you do, and you yep. catch some, yep. you catch some flack about yep. this. I am. What is with the baseball shirts? You got these twenty-one inch jacks. You're veined out, yep. and you got everything covered up. Yeah, always. Help a brother out. I'll, you can I'll see why I cover thing. everything up. I, I wear camo. <laughs> um, jump back to CT. I had a great workout. Um, when you challenge a guy or something goes down, you let them call the workout, and that's why I said. I'm here. It's your house. You call the workout. Got you. And I'll show you what I got. Got you. Um, and so that was a brawl, and it was great freaking workout. But I, if you can't pick it up in the in the video, the energy was so freaking badass. And man, you walk in that gym, and your testosterone just jumps up yeah. a couple notches just because it was so. It was such a street fun fight and battle and talking shit. And uh, <laughs> afterwards, we'll go break you know break bread and stuff. Yeah. But it was it was good. But jumping forward. Um, yes, I get uh, flack for, for a couple things. One is basically wearing the same thing over and over again. Dude, it's my me. jersey. Yeah. It's my jersey. Yeah. And, and, and I don't need to go in the gym and be fashionable and wear um, fashionable clothes and dress up for the others. I, it's my jersey, and, and, and I represent it, and I'm, I know people hate that shit, but it's, <laughs> it don't matter. I get up at 3 in the morning. I put on my clothes. I got about 40 of these bad boys, and I'll put it on and go in there. The reason why I cover up, is because of this. Um, uh, if you can understand this, working out isn't working out for me. Working out is meditation for me. Working out is a challenging myself and me talking to myself inside my head as I train going, bitch, you better fucking do this today. This is you. Um, and it challenges me. What can I do better today than I did yesterday? So it's my meditation. It's me of working on me to get better. Um, so that's why I cover up because it's an art show and I don't believe in showing the art piece unless it's completely done. And I don't go into a gym in a tank top. I've never worn tank tops. I don't wear uh, shorts and stuff like that. I, I love to keep it covered. Although my... uh, probably after a workout, you'll strip off your shirt and start. Your favorite body videos. part is your abs. You've <laughs> always got them. So you and Piana in there, you've got your shirt off. You've got, you've I'll got do that for the killing series. guns. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, yeah. you'll cover up, but then uh, at the end, you're ready to uncover. I'll show a bit, mostly for videos right. and stuff, but it right. never happens when it's just a workout workout. Let's talk about your uh, your training program yeah. because you kind of inv invented uh, your, your routine, power bodybuilding. Power bodybuilding. But what has changed in your lifting because now you're 46 or 47? 47. You're 47, so what has changed since you were just a young stud throwing up stupid numbers at 21 to yeah. now, you know, getting, you know, yep. older? Yep. Uh, what hasn't changed is me pushing as heavy as I can every single day as best I can that day. And stop right there, just because it goes right back to the sentence you just got finished saying 30 seconds ago. Dude, every time you go in a gym, you show up to do business, and that's your passion, and that's kind of your zen zone is you getting your thing on. And the, the, people ask me all the time about motivation, and you're, just, you're hearing it from Michael Hearn, so I want to point it out. He goes in with the mission. He sticks to it. He's one of the, He's probably the most consistent guy I've ever known, uh, along with John Cena. He's fanatic, too, uh, in a good way. Yep. So please continue. Um, so, yeah, I'll go into the gym every day um, and lift as heavy as I can for that day. You're still day. doing those heavy doubles, though? Every, you train one body part a week, one body, one, part, one body part a day, day once yep, a week. Once a week, um, and I'll go as heavy as I possibly can. And it's the ranges of motion and, uh, is full range of motion. I always start with basically a compound movement, and then I'll do secondary. Um, so to give an example, I'm still squatting today like any other day, um, like I did when I was 10, and as heavy as I possibly can, and I just kill it. And then I'll do secondary work, which is very minute. Now, this is how, how things have changed is this. I do less now, because I realize it's so much more about um, going in the gym, doing the best you can with the least amount of work, and getting the hell out. Instead of these guys that go in there going, I train legs for four and a half hours and I'm a badass. But then in time, you got to go to five hours and then six hours. Um, I try to always cut back and go to the most, like last year, I'll give you an example. Last year, I only did squat, bench, and deadlift all year. Come on. Didn't train arms, didn't train shoulders, didn't train anything. Just for a test of myself to see how much I can maintain by just doing those three exercises. Really? And the whole year... I guess pose the whole year I, I uh, was dieted down and I had photo shoots and nobody even noticed the difference. So it's the point of even with that little bit of work, I still maintained the body. Yeah, but those three big lifts were. They're great lifts, yeah. again, but that's not a bodybuilder. No, you're 100% you're right. And on I that. guess posed every single me. weekend. Yeah. So again, it's. It's just me understanding this, and, and it's one of those things is uh, education can take you only so far where experience takes you the rest of the way. And it, the experience has shown me less is more, mostly when it comes to lifting and recovering. Um, and I get better gains now by recovering and eating right, mostly because we're older. Um, and not skipping out on sleep or this, that, and the other thing. You've got great genetics, but have you had to cut back on the carbs as you've gotten older? No. No, no, no. This, one of the big things about this is that... I always take time during the year to get back to the foundation, and that is that gas tank needs to be filled to the to the brink, and you got to be able to force that body's metabolism to take in all those food again. I believe that full, fully. So many, and so like everybody, you know this. But calorically, you'll you'll take yourself back up to what then? Five, six thousand. I take myself off of cardio Solid completely. Food? Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it that. But I'm also I'll train the best I can to work that off and stay down. Um, but yeah, I try to get back to a foundation or a calorie intake to where I can take food away and slice back up. What are some of the, uh, I don't want to say tricks or 
Uh, well, we, we, me and uh, if I'm talking to Xbox, we're talking about uh, um, trade secrets. Trade secrets. That's what we always call it. Do you said dry out? Yeah. So when you get ready for a shoot and you're really trying to that 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 look the where trick, your skin right. is crisp and your abs are popping. Right. Like, are you just are you manipulating water? Uh, Combination of both. So I will do a depletion of carbs okay. and get flat as a pancake. And I've actually done something throughout my career is. I realize by looking more visually appealing to the mass gets me more work. So I'll flatten out even for photo shoots to where I don't look like this guy that's completely veined out and massive and these traps hanging up over the ears and stuff. I'll actually flatten out to where I look like more of an average guy. And then that way society can look at it and go, oh, that's appealing. That's yeah, not yeah. too much. I like that. Then I'll put the carbs back in, drop the water, fill out, tighten up, and then I'll look like I'm 30 pounds heavier. You know, dude, one of the things I've, I've uh, always appreciated about your physique is you, your body fits right into, the, you know, the, the classic era when when Arnold and those guys were training. Which I'm, that's, to me, that's the best era. I know. Many, I agree. Many of your friends who are competing today, uh, they're oh, yeah, yeah. can't believe he's saying that. But I like those classic physiques. That to me, that's kind of like where your physique is. Would you agree? I, I think so. I, I mean, think unless so. you're going to go back um, up to 305. No, it's one of the things is, is one of the main things I agree with is that when we grew up, uh, we wanted to be comic book heroes, or at least I did. I wanted right. to look like them. Um, but the one thing that they did that the guys today can't do is the comic book character still looks athletic. He still looks like he can function. Right. Um, and the bodybuilders today don't look like they can function and stuff. And that's the one thing that I... I uh, try to stay with where I'm gonna I'm gonna show them something. I just did a shoot. I guess it's that aesthetic look. That's my last photo shoot. Dude, where was that at? That was uh, up in uh, Hollywood, just on a hill. Oh, dude, that's awesome. See, that's that whole black and white classic old dude, that school. That picture looks like it's 50 years ago. Right? Yeah. Right. And then I like that because at the same time, that guy can go into a gym and destroy the gym, but also can put clothes on and. Go walk a carpet and look decent. Dude, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I think we were talking earlier before the uh, sound was rolling, gym etiquette. Yeah. Dude, what has happened? You've been a gym rat your entire yeah. life. I've been going, I never was a bodybuilder, but I trained like a bodybuilder. My job was a professional wrestler, and I just try to stay in shape. But, you know, I remember last time I was in Golds. It's been years since I trained there. I need to make a comeback. We got to get me in shit to yeah. come back. So anyway, uh, yeah, there you I guys was. hear that? Do you hear that? You know what? We're just going to make sure this clear that <laughs> Steve Austin is going to start working with Mikey. Um, Here we as go. soon as he's healed, we're going to get him dieted down and training. Check us out. You know that uh, where, where the uh, the flat benches are, and there's a dumbbell rack there on that one yeah. wall. Everybody, yeah. everybody does flat dumbbell benches there, or whatever right. triceps, and then there's that tricep push down machine back behind that. But anyway, so there I was a couple years ago, and there's a flat bench there, and a guy's got his towel and water on the bench and he's training on the bench next to the bench with his towel and water on it. so i politely asked him i said hey dude uh you mind moving your towel and water so i can use this bench and he looked at me like i just fell out of a dog's ass he gave me the stink <laughs> eye and was offended that i actually asked him to move his water and towel so that maybe i could get a peck workout in too and so get these people over here they don't rack their weights you got to put your stuff back dude if you take it off the the weight rack put it back on the weight rack <laughs> what has happened to gym etiquette mike has it so, just has it gone now here's something that uh people Yes, I train at four in the morning because it is the time where there's no way nothing can, 
nothing will ever get in my workout in the way of it, right? What can you do from four in the morning till six in the morning? Nothing. Right. There's no business you can do. There's nothing. The only thing you're missing out on is sleep. The second biggest thing is because it is frustrating to be in the gym. It's frustrating to be in the gym today, in today's day and age, because of the fact that all the guys are running with their shirts off. Um, everybody's bouncing around doing hip-hop you know, on benches and stuff. And it's like, I just want... I just want an old school with a power rack and just, you know, nice little place that I can just sit there and do my squats and stuff where, where today it's, it's crazy. And it's, it is a different world. You can't, you know, you, you're doing something heavy and every, you're doing deadlift, man. I swear to you, I was doing a deadlift the other day and this is early too. And I'm like, oh, come on. I'm doing a deadlift and this guy walks right in front of my face, ass in my face. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's, that's. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's, that's one it's of the things changed. you asked my ass about is gym etiquette has died. You know, back yep. in the day, you know, uh, you know, you help a brother out if he needs a spot or something like that. Put your stuff up. Don't it's leave a, your stuff laying everywhere. It's probably worse for me because of the fact that I grew up with martial arts and and the discipline of respect of of just individuals, and I've always learned to walk behind a person. Um, if you're going to cross paths, go choose to go behind right. them right. not in front of their face um it's just something that i believe is respectful just to even if the person isn't in the gym i'm just talking about shopping malls or anywhere it's just something i grew up with and in the gym yeah it's just mayhem and i just it's it's frustrating to go in there for my second workout during the day because i got to go back back in there and i just watch this and i'm like wow this just so changed so, dude, you mentioned it. If you're getting up at 3 and you're training at 4, yeah. what time do you go to sleep? I I am in bed by 8 o'clock, asleep by 9. I'll get six hours. Are you kidding 9 me? to 3. 9 to 3. So, by the time you have your first drink, uh, beer, just chilling with the missus yeah. and stuff, you're going, Mike's going to sleep right now, that wimp. So, what are you text doing on me. second so, workout? Yeah, send me a text is, at 10. Is your second workout uh, cardio? It's usually cardio. Um or a small body part if I miss something during the morning. You train abs every day? You know what? I train abs twice. Uh, here's the thing with abs. If you train your arms, your arms get bigger. If you train your abs, well, most people say it tightens up and your waist gets smaller. I, I disagree. I believe the abs grow. You're developing a muscle. So I will let them atrophy most of the year. And then a month out from big, big, big photo shoots or guest appearances, I'll overtrain them. And I'll only train them for about a Dude, month. Dude, you've got a 29-inch waist, right? Yeah. Um, 30 yeah. max yeah. in contest condition? In contest condition, it's 29 and a half. See, that's insane. Yeah. But it's, but because, of the heavy fact that it, it's because of the fact that I, I don't train them to make them mask, you know, these right. monstrous abs. But you got good core strength through all the deadlift yep. and, and all the heavy squats. Yeah, the connective tissue. Out of all the uh, in, in bodybuilding, your favorite physique of all time? Flex Wheeler. I know he's dude. Easy, I was going to say on, the man. same thing, right? I'm, I'm normally going to say Arnold, but I was researching you, and all of a sudden I saw Flex in his prime, and I was like, "Holy yeah, smokes!" Yeah, before, before, right before he had to get even more size, yeah. like the year he lost to Dorian. Um, my belief is he should have won it. Uh, I love Dorian and, and, and who he is, but I think that the Mr. Olympia at that time mostly should have been a guy that was not just gifted, 
um, but genetically gifted to where he had no con- his elbow is so small it's as small as my his, his his wrists and stuff are as small as my girl's wrists and and to have that kind of muscle mass around it, it he was a comic book character and it was the most beautiful physique i ever saw on stage God, I, I and in the gym and and yeah yeah when i go back to that, the, the old arnold footage i think man that's just all-time classic yep. physique but again in researching you i was looking at flex i was like man dude that was off the charts. Off the charts. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The strongest guy you ever trained with. Oh, jeez. Strongest guy. You've trained, trained with every strong guy that they mm. in the last 25 uh, years. Yeah, I would. Oh, wow. A group of them. Stan's got to be there. Stan definitely. Maybe. Stan definitely. Um, gosh, I, I emotionally, I could say there's, there's there's guys that just emotionally are just beasts. Like Stan is a beast emotionally. Um, there's guys that are stronger. Um, God, I can't even think of who's it. Did you ever go to Sacramento and hang out with Smelly at all? And I'm going to. Super training? I'm going to go up there. I'm going to go up there and train. Uh, I got some guys coming down like Chris Duffy and those guys I'm going to train with, and, and these guys are beasts. The fun thing for me is that I've been around. Uh, I, here's one of the things that's really the big thing right now is doing uh, collaborations with other people. And uh, people keep asking me to do uh, videos with this guy or that guy. I think they forget that I'm at a stage where I want to learn something. Uh, I want to get something from that person. I just right. want, I don't want to work out with them for the fans. It, 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 I understand that they want me to do that. But for me, I need to, like, with me and uh, CT, it was, it was about two guys from 30 years ago that battled and doing it again now. Yeah. That, for me, was awesome. Uh, for me and Stan, is I have so much respect for Stan and who he is as a, as a full person outside of the business. You know, outside of the right. gym, he's just good businessman a good father all that kind of stuff so i don't train with uh everybody they ask me to do it but like smelly i want to go up there and hang with smell because i love smell yeah. and i've known him since he was doing wrestling yeah you know so i've known him and, and chris bell was one of my first powerlifting uh training partners back in the early 90s when he really? moved here yeah. Yeah, yeah man so it's it's one of the things i'll go up there i'll train with them uh i'm gonna be training with some uh, some incredible beasts coming up power lifters and stuff um but besides that man i'm just gonna try to do something that i've never done before and try to get down to 229 pounds ripped to the bone so what made you come to this uh decision i want to see how strong i can be and how much strength i can retain but getting down to a size that i haven't been forever um just for more um classic Classic what did you weigh shots. when you go to your website, which yeah. is michaelhearn.com? Yeah. It, it's, it's a picture of you walking out on stage. Was that a, a guest pose or was that a competition? That was guest posing. My I, question is, what were you weighing on the stage? 257. Dude, yeah. that was 257. That was 257. And you want to go down to 229? 229. You were pretty damn shredded. That's not as shredded I as I've seen you, yeah, but yeah. I mean. Yeah, this will be redunculous. Um, but it's just one of those things. I want to see what I can do and how much I can change When's the physique. When's the last time you weighed 229? 20 years ago? No, you were heavier than that. 229. Dude, you have to go back to high to school. the bone. No, I, I, I think uh, probably 22 when I won the Natural Universe. When I was 22, I won that. Well, that was 227. Yeah, it was 227. Okay, spell it out for the listeners uh, of Modest before we wrap this thing up. 
keys to staying fit. As far as mm. just a basic lifting program, you ain't got to give them a workout. But routine. they want to hear but, the but, secret, the secret pill or something like no, that. But, no, the, just just how you stick to your, your, your nutrition. I, I I guess what I'm asking you to speak one more time about the consistency because, dude, that's what you're a model of, and that's why you look so damn good from the first time I met you from when you was a kid till till now. You've been on maintaining this physique. I get people asking me all the time. So there's no magic pill. Well, we all know there's stuff that you can take, but that's not what we're preaching. You got to right. put in the work. So just speak about the work and the diet. And because I say a couple things, in. yeah, I'll, I'll go off the wagon. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll I'll drink beer for five days, yeah. dude. I just screwed myself because that's five days. I mean, that's probably 15 steps back. I just backtracked rather than move forward. I still made my own progress. So speak to that because people ask me all the time. You're the man with the physique. I'll say this. Um, the, the the magic pills or whatever people are taking is is great and and it works and but it's short lived. Um, that's something I never wanted to be. And since I was you know teenage years till now, it's something I want to do is be able to go throughout life like this because the only thing we get is time, right? That's the most expensive thing there is. Um, so I understand that it's the consistency that I do every day, and the biggest thing for that is this. If you don't have a goal or a motivational point, it's you're not going to maintain it. And something I try to tell everybody is that it's got to be more. And, and Josh Barnett, you know Josh? Love him. So there was a time where um, I didn't deal with my dad's passing, and my mom passed away. And then everything came up. Uh, I was trying to be the tough guy, you know, when my dad passed. All right, I'm going to continue on. Life goes on. And then my mom passed, and I crumbled. And I crumbled to the point where... Uh, I mean, I was, I was done. Um, and Josh called me up and he says, I get it. I understand. But now do this. And, and this is the actual moment when I realized how much more important a motivational or, 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 or a drive or, or hope is than anything else. He said, do this now for your last name. And at that moment on that conversation, so I, I owe this to Josh that, I guarantee the reason why I'm better today is because of the fact that he said that and that triggered something in me and I said, okay, I'm holding on to that. And and having that goal and, and the representation of who I am for my family and, and for my mom and dad is what pushes me through today. So anybody listening, get the goal, get whatever it is that drives you, that why you want to get in shape. Don't get in shape for a show. Don't get in shape because you want to, you know, get something that's so meaningful that you wake up every morning. You don't have to wake up at three in the morning, but 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 <laughs> yeah. something that says today I'm going to go train. So today I'm going to eat right, um, whatever it is. Yeah. So that's consistency is key before anything else. Consistency is key. You look like a million bucks in the gym. You're one of the strongest guys in the gym. Uh, you've had what almost a three decade run. Yeah, uh, eighty seven. So uh, next year will be thirty years in the magazines. Um, What's your yeah. most embarrassing photo shoot or most embarrassing gym moment? Um, God dang, man. Uh, I can't even think of it right now. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I, I, I know television-wise. What? Um, they, they butched it and edited it and everything. So um, I was flying back and forth in New York doing the romance covers and stuff. And Entertainment Tonight was here. This is freaking great. Entertainment Tonight. And they start doing an interview. And they do a pre-interview, and I kill it. 
And I'm like, all right, I got this shit. Mm -hmm. So then they start doing the actual interview and they running the cameras and everything. And they start talking about, okay, so, you know, you're the romance guy. So what is it about you that got you romantic and all this stuff? Well, I got these four older sisters and it just went downhill from there. They're like, what? what? Four older, what have to do? And yeah, it was the most terrible interview of my life. And when we got done... They kind of looked at me and go, great, awesome. And glad the contract was signed with Topaz Books at the time because by the time that interview hit Entertainment Tonight, you know what was on? What? Here's the Topaz man. Hi, I'm Mike. Done. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. They cut the whole Dude, thing. Dude, I got to ask you about the, the, uh, the, before you, the, the romance novel shoots. Yeah. How is that? Uh, you there? Is it just you and a girl? Or a woman, whatever. It's, yeah. It's, uh, so they <laughs> taking pictures. <laughs> oh, gosh, she's looking at me. <laughs> no. Um, it is basically, it's, uh, you put on the costumes, because the romance covers are actually paintings of the actual real photo, right. which is so cool, because I, I, I remember I tried to buy the first one back then, and I was like, yeah, I'd like to buy my first cover post, you know. Painting, yeah. Oh, that is seventeen thousand dollars. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a 21 year old kid. I'm like, I ain't gonna pay seventeen thousand. Um, but yeah, you're doing a photo shoot. You get the costumes going, and then you just start kind of just moving like it's an actual romance cover. And are they the girls? You? The girls are. Here's the thing. This is my opening. It was an opening for a young kid because you're a young testosterone boy, and you're 21, and you got this girl, and she's kind of like all over you and grinding you and kissing you and all this and that great good good that's beautiful keep going yes sexy sexy okay cut and the girl would just stop and walk away and i'd be like well, what just what just happened <laughs> holy shit <laughs> so that was the opening to uh yeah so those, those girls can turn it on new york models so it's it's not all what it's cracked up to me it's work yeah, it's work. Yeah, it sounded like it could be frustrating. <laughs> it was more frustrating than anything else. A lot of cold showers. Yeah, that's basically. Hey, what do you got coming up next? Um, I am traveling. Where I am traveling every week. I'm off to Dallas next, um, doing the FitCon seminars, lectures. Where are we going? Dallas, and then back here, then New York, Rochester, back to Houston. Is that all guest uh, posing or just appearances? Uh, lectures, yeah, lectures, appearances, um, seminars. What, what would you lecture on? I mean, I can do some motivational stuff, but would that be nutritional and workout or what? You know what? It goes anywhere and everywhere. I don't have a set thing. Like this uh, last weekend or two weeks ago, I was in um, Maine, and we did a, a big stand-up lecture and stuff, and it turned completely into motivational um motivational goal setting um and and we didn't even get into the workouts and training we had the whole crowd going and it was a it was actually one of my favorite lectures because we really talked about family and 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 the importance of time and life um and making the best of it so it was cool you you look you make a living with your body you have for forever basically yeah, yeah. uh but at the end of the day you want to look like a million bucks so you want to look good. Yeah. You want to feel good. So if you're out there listening to my podcast, you got to want it like as bad as Mike does. I like to look pretty good. I don't take it to the level you did or you do. But the bottom line is, man, if you want it, I mean, that's what you've got. You've got to want it. I hope, they, I hope they understand this. If they want it, they can have it. Because here's the biggest thing that I find is that, that with social media and everybody knowing everything <laughs> – you know, they're the smart. Everybody's the smartest person in the world, of course, for some reason, and especially and when for I, some I reason, an eggshell. Yeah, and Muscle and Fitness did a 
and I love this. Um, Matt Tuttle did a story on me in, in Muscle and Fitness uh, just a while ago. And I, how he opened it up was it was, it was great because it was something I didn't even see, is that people shut down the possibility of being better. People shut down things. And it's like they look at me and go, no way, you're, you know, you're closing in on 50. Guys, you don't even know Herschel Walker's. You don't even know Herschel. Herschel's 46. And what does he look like? Freaking dollars. Never lifted. Yeah. But it's it's the it's the people shut down the possibility of what can be. And for some reason, you and I travel around, and everybody uh, you know after twenty one has bad knees or bad this and that. You put your body through trauma. You you've kicked some ass. So there's reasons why you have some owies. Um, but the common Joe that works nine to five shouldn't be so achy. You know what I mean? And so I hope everybody understands that you can achieve something. So. And if you want it, you got to go get it. You go get it every day at four in the morning. And with that being said, you got anything else you want to plug? Um, thanks, strong snacks, um, protein gummies. It's pretty badass. And they didn't bring you any. I will get you some. Bastard. When you and me start training, all right? You brought me a sweet uh, long sleeve baseball shirt, um, but you didn't bring me any protein. I snacks. got I got you some of my clothing, baby. You bastard. Everybody's gonna hate you for that. And then Icon Meals, thank you for taking care of food. And uh, I would like to say. Um, Frog fit. Oh, look at he brought some strong snacks. Got him. I love it. Um, Frog Fitness is a piece of equipment. Um, I'm not a sponsor or an athlete of. I am part owner, which is a piece of equipment. We're going to bring you. We're going to bring one today, but we didn't because you're recovering. Yep. We're going to bring it down in a couple months when you're ready to go, and we're going to put you on this thing so you and the wife can train at home. All right. There yeah. you go. I love it, man. All right. MikeOhern.com. On Twitter, he's Mike O'Hearn. Mike O'Hearn. That's it. And when are we going to start training? I got to get over the shoulder. You doc, as soon as your doc says, uh, let's go. We'll be go. back. Bigger, faster, stronger. We'll I don't be- know about all that. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm hanging out Michael Hearn. We're signing off. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Hey, you looking to buy a used car? Boy, then you should check out TrueCar.com and the TrueCar app. Because I bet you didn't know that you can use the TrueCar app to help you buy a used car, too. Hello, it ain't just for new car purchases. There are over 500,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. And there are over 11,000, count them, 11,000 True Car Certified Dealers. And True Car lets you get upfront pricing information on new and used vehicles and lets you see what other people paid for the car you want so that you feel confident you're getting a fair price. With True Car, via their True Car pricing curve, you see what other people paid for the car and you lock in your guaranteed savings. Then you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing, take them your True Car guaranteed savings certificate, and make your car buying experience quick and easy. Hey, over 2 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. And True Car users save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to go buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar.com or download the True Car app to enjoy a better car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. All right, everybody, give me to go home. Q, it's time to wrap up his podcast and ride off into the sunset. And I'm glad this is the close of the show because my yard guys just showed up. They're running the mower. They got the blower. Everything's going to get loud over here. But at least it's on the back end of the podcast and not on the front end. Here we go. I'm going to give you guys something to watch. I always do on this podcast. And I found uh, a couple of badass videos. And all you got to do is go to 
Michael Hearn's website, michaelhearn.com. Dude has loads and loads of videos on his website. Uh, it shows you uh, all of his workouts. There's a chest workout there for you, and he walks you through uh, all of the reps, gives you a couple of tips, and shows you how he does it. Now, let me give you this, my takeaway from my conversation with Mike O'Hearn, because I don't want you guys sending a bunch of uh, hateful emails to questions at steveaustinshow.com and say, Steve, are you crazy? There's no way that guy can be clean. There's no way he can be natty or natural. Hey, man, let me say this. Mike O'Hearn has premier genetics. Mike O'Hearn works his ass off. Mike O'Hearn is absolutely religious and meticulous with his nutrition. The dude lives, eats, and sleeps the healthy lifestyle, bodybuilding, heavyweights, and the dude doesn't drink absolutely anything. So you form your opinion of whether he's natural or not. We cover that subject in the podcast interview. So don't sit there and email me a bunch of things to say there's no way the guy can be clean. You uh, are able to form that opinion on your own, and that's the way I'm going to leave it. Uh, I enjoyed talking to Mike. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for, shit, 15, 20 better years. And every time I've seen him, he's always looked the same. So if you think he's on something, that's on you. All I know is he's one of the hardest working guys in the gym, day in, day out. And that's all I got to say about that. Hey, man, all those uh, badass T-shirts I got, you can find at BrokenSkullRanch.com. If you want to buy some beer and get it shipped to you, BrokenSkullRanch.com. If you want one of the baddest pocket knives on planet Earth, you can get the cold steel Broken Skull Knife at BrokenSkullRanch.com. Everything you need, Steve Austin, is at BrokenSkullRanch.com. And if you come to L.A., Hang a left out of the airport, go down to El Segundo, and get you a nice cold glass of Broken Skull IPA. This is indeed the best IPA in the United States of America. I firmly believe that, and tell them Steve Austin sent you. And one more thing, coming this May 21st, El Segundo Brewing Company is uh, celebrating their five-year anniversary. They've been around for five years and I can't remember the name of the event, the El Segundo, whatever it is, it's something that means the number five. El Cinco El, De, Cinco El Segundo. Anyway, the VIP session is from 11 to 1. I think those tickets are already sold out. But they'll be celebrating all day. They brewed a special IPA, I believe using five different hops, to celebrate the five years that they've been in business so stop by the brewery. It's going to be a badass time. You can catch that badass IPA. We just uh, busted open a brand-new batch of Broken Skull IPA. It will be flowing along with all of their other award-winning beers, and it's going to be a good time. And I appreciate you guys supporting the uh, sponsors of the podcast because they're the ones that let me do this for you free twice a week. So big thanks to ddpyoga.com slash Austin and the DDP Yoga Now app. Big thanks to 54clothing.com. Use the promo code Austin to sign up to get 50% off your first box. Big thanks to Onnit. Go to Onnit.com slash Steve to take 10% off your order. To TrueCar, to Uber, and of course Amazon, who have been supporting this podcast since day one. Folks, if you guys want to support the show, I'd appreciate it if you use my Amazon links when you buy anything off Amazon because they kick back a couple of bucks to the podcast to help us pay our production costs. You can buy whatever you plan on buying, and you will help out the podcast in the process. It does not cost you anything extra. I am not asking for a handout, but if you want to help a brother out, 
You can find my Amazon links by going to podcastone.com, clicking on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, and then hitting the Steve Austin Show button. Amazon links for USA, UK, and Canada. If you bookmark it, it's the easiest way to find it in one step. And always know if you use those links, you help out the show. We keep doing these things twice a week for free, and that's the bottom line. Hey, folks, keep listening. The 60-second AP News headlines are coming up next. I'm talking to Ariane Andrews coming up. Well, I'm talking to her tomorrow. I think it'll be on the Tuesday podcast. Looking forward to talking to WWE Cameron if you follow her on Twitter. Until then, my name is Steve Austin, and I will catch your ass down the road.